From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Rob Nice, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Rob Nice. Happy Friday to everyone. Hello and welcome to the weekend edition of the Black and Blue Report. It is Rob Nice coming to you from Studio B. And it is a very busy weekend for Louisiana sports here in the Crescent City. We have the Lakers and Pelicans tonight at the New Orleans Arena, pretty close to a sellout. Uh, tomorrow, we have the LSU Tigers heading up to Tuscaloosa to take on the number one ranked team in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And then Sunday, Sunday night football on NBC features the New Orleans Saints, the black and gold taking on the Dallas Cowboys at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We have one incredible show for you today, so don't go anywhere. We thank you for downloading the podcast. Podcast and logging on to New Orleans Saints and Pelicans.com. We have Chuck Cooperstein who's going to chime in from ESPN Dallas. We will hear from John DeShazer. He will not only touch on the black and gold, but also the New Orleans Pelicans and what they need to do to get back up to 500. And they can do so tonight with the win against the Los Angeles Lakers. And I like to call her a friend. I, I, I would call her a friend. She's everybody's friend, though. Robin Roberts from ABC's Good Morning America. She is not only an uh, uh, Emmy Award winning anchor, but she is also a Saints fan. We will hear from Robin and get her take on this Sunday's matchup. So very good show. Don't go anywhere. The Black and Blue Report continues up next. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and pick the games you want to watch at the newly renovated New Orleans Arena. With our five-game flex plan presented by Mannings, we have a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $45 and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. And with the purchase of every plan, you'll receive a free $25 Mannings gift card while supplies last. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. And we are back with the Black and Blue Report. It's Rob Nice here in Studio B, and it's a gorgeous Friday. Well, as my uncle would say, it's gorgeous. Get up, get out, go do something, and enjoy this big sports weekend. We have Pelicans and Lakers, Bama Tigers, and, of course, the Dallas Cowboys and New Orleans Saints. We are pleased to have a very special guest on the line right now. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, she's a Mississippi native, uh, Southeastern Lady Lion, where she played basketball, uh, Emmy Award-winning anchor for ESPN, pioneered for for all of women who are now in sports uh, from her work behind the desk with, with Sports Center and ESPN, uh, cancer survivor, and, and what we saw now with this commercial that we have on NewOrleansSaints.com, she is a Saints fan. We have Robin Roberts on the line from Good Morning America. Robin, how are you? Robbie should have started with Saints fan. Okay. You, you buried the lead. That's that's the headline. Yes. Big, it, huge Saints fan. Proud of it. I don't know if you know, but we have, we have this big game this weekend with the Cowboys and the Saints. Oh. 
Don't worry. Don't fret in a little feeling. Like, yeah, Cowboys. Oh, come on. I know. I love I love that kind of matchup. Um, two marquee teams. Both are, you know, wrestling with a little inconsistency, uh, inconsistency lately. Um, but it's always good. It's always good. And you think, uh, you think Rob Ryan, you think he's fired up? I, I, I think he is. I, I, I think that he, he, he's been extra focused this week and, and he's been uh, he's been on his job. And, and I'm pretty sure that they'll have some some new what they call wrinkles uh, for, for the go. Saints defense this Sunday uh, against the Cowboys. Now, the Saints are six and two. It's the halfway point in the NFL and they look mm-hmm. to get back on track against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, will you be watching this Sunday? I always watch. Uh, I, I have to tell you, um, last week was tough. You know, because I live in the New York area, so I work with a lot of people who are Jets fans. Uh-oh. And so when I came in, they had a they made me put on a Jets hat, but they wanted me to tweet it. I'm like, I will not be seen wearing anything other than uh, Saints gear. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I really look forward to it. It kind of you know connects me back to home when I was a kid watching the games. Uh, my father was a, um, a you know season ticket holder. Um, Sally Ann, my sister Sally Ann Roberts, her uh, husband who unfortunately passed away uh, from cancer he would go to the games with my dad and I remember one time it like we, we thought for sure the Saints were going to win this particular game and so they headed they left the, the Superdome and they headed to New Orleans East by the time they got home they had lost the game and my dad would love to say oh once again they've snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory the Saints and so to, to have that kind of um, uh, history with them to have suffered with them but all along the way and I'm going to tell you, Rob, I never put a bag on my head. I was never an Aints fan. I never did that. Oh, no. But to, to, to see where they have come in recent years and just what they mean uh, to all of us. So even when you're not there in the area anymore, you still follow them. You're, you're still part of who that nation. No matter how successful the team is, you always think back back to those days. Uh, <laughs> oh. and, and it's always – you're kind of a little bit surprised that you find Saints fans – outside of the market just from an internal standpoint well makes you appreciate what we have now it it really does and it's you know they're ours i know like everyone a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon in 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 recent years and that's fine you know the more the merrier i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna be a hater but we know who the true saints fans are we know who we are and uh, and you it it is kind of hard to forget some of the past and and we mean this in an affectionate way uh but i'm just so happy um for you know drew Brees has just meant so much uh sean payton it goes on and on and i'm just so grateful that the rest of the country is is catching up to what we've known all along and that this is a very special franchise it was one thing to to be a fan of yourself with, with seeing all the videos and, and all the coverage of, of what you've gone through in the past couple of years, and, and then we see this commercial with the NFL, and, and uh-huh. it, it's on NewOrleansSaints.com if you guys haven't seen it, uh, but you touch on what you have been going through at the time and, and what you had with you that was a piece of, of, of something to help you get through those tough times was your Saints blanket, and, and when everybody, just around the office and, and around the city when, when we saw that commercial... It was like, okay, if if Robin Roberts didn't touch everybody, now she really does because she, she has that blanket here in New Orleans. And it's like, okay, you're ours now, Robin. <laughs> if if you weren't ours then, you are ours now. We love that. Others tried to claim me, but I've always been yours. But I have to tell you, when the uh, NFL approached me about doing a part of this, I, I think it's wonderful, everyone telling their football story. And so um, that's my story. I had um, um, – I, in the hospital for 30 days, and it's just such a, a scary time. And there was somebody from the North Shore who sent me the blanket. 
and I put it on my hospital bed, and I would be wrapped up in it and watching the games. And it, I think it was something, Rob, that people could – we all have some kind of Saints gear or whether it's a, a, a cap or, or whatnot. But to know that at the time when I really needed just a break to stop thinking about um, the illness that I was facing at the time and just have something to cheer about, uh, that's what they did. And as I said in, in, the, in that spot, you know – it's not a cure for cancer, but it just makes you forget you have it for a while. And I think that's the beauty of watching our saints, that we can put our cares aside, be together, you know, cheering for the team. And it just it's just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. And for all of us, I was at the Super Bowl a few years back, and I was thinking of my, my dearly departed dad and my brother-in-law. You know, I was looking up to the heavens saying, they made it, boys! They're here! <laughs> they're in the Super Bowl, and I think a lot of people felt that way. And you said something that, that stuck with me in that promo, and it's only 30 seconds, but one of the lines that, that I heard in there, and I was like, okay, well, I, I cannot get this quote out of my head. It says, football gives you hope. Yeah, well, okay, like we, when you're watching a football game or you're watching a season, okay, the Saints are 6-2. and two. They could very well go to the Super Bowl. They could lose, you know, more games, but it's all about knowing that you might lose that game, you might lose that quarter. I remember what, what was that first game? Was it was it Tampa Bay? Whatever. When they, how in the world did they come back? Uh-huh. You know, you, you would have thought that the, uh, no way they're going to win this game, and and they did. So it, it makes you feel that anything is possible. Keep hope alive. If you lose a game, if you lose a quarter, it doesn't mean that you're not going to win the championship. Uh, because I'm having a couple of tough days because of the the cancer that I'm battling, doesn't mean I'm going to succumb to it. I'm going to have a bad day, but I'm going to bounce back. And I think that's all we all want is just the possibility just to know that there's there's hope for a better tomorrow. And um, that's what that's what the Saints do for that's what they because I think about where they came from, how long it took them to have a winning season, then to win the Super Bowl. I was in there in the dome the, the, when they played the Falcons, the first game back after the Katrina, and there were so many people saying, "Well, we're not back in our the people aren't back in their homes yet. Why are you all so excited about the Saints and the dome?" And I'm like, "You don't get it. You know, they just give us an, an uh, this wonderful outlet where we can be." one together a community with a with a common bond and a common um something that we're cheering for and so that's that's what it it does for me i just it just gives you hope. It just gives you hope. And I've gotten a chance to live outside of New Orleans, and, and I've had the so-called the Saints watch parties to where we would get the game <laughs> on a satellite or, or with the football packages, and it's just not the same as watching it with, with a, a, a New I Orleans know. family in New Orleans. The food is different. The culture is different. <laughs> and, and no matter how bad the, the, the team is doing, uh, just from a fan standpoint, uh, you're right. That, that hope was there, and we would watch it until the very end because somehow oh, yeah. we, we would think that we can score 20 points in four minutes in the fourth quarter. And anything could happen. So uh, anything can happen. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about music. A little bit. My appearance on Good Morning America. My only goal w- was to make you dance. And, and <laughs> <laughs> when I was on there for DJ Fridays, we had Sesame Street characters on there. We had uh, oh, we had yeah. we had so much going on. And I said, "Listen, I have to play this old school." I was talking to the the gentleman that was working with me, Eric, that day, and I said, "I have to play some old school." And I said, uh-huh. you don't understand, Robin loves old school. And I said, I have to get this on. And sure enough, when I look back at the tape, I'm like, okay, she's dancing. I made sure, <laughs> to, have, I made sure to have her dancing. You love the DJ Friday segments on Good Morning America. Oh. And more than that, you just like to have fun on the show. 
I love to have fun, Rob, and I love our DJ Fridays because to me, I, well, first of all, I can't dance a lick, but that doesn't keep me from dancing and moving and grooving, and I can really dance when I'm in my chair behind the anchor <laughs> desk. You know, you, you, cause once I stand up, that's when I'm in trouble. But, no, it's just it's something, especially my, my favorite event. If I'm not going to a Saints game, I'm at Jazz Fest. You know, that's what New Orleans is about, good music. I I just, I, I'm in that gospel tent. You know, I, first thing I do is get my pork chop sandwich. Uh-oh. You know, that's the only time I eat Wonder Bread. You know, I got my pork chop sandwich, <laughs> go, to, go to the gospel tent, and I'm I'm all set. But when you were on, and I kind of looked over at you, and, and again, thank you for the pralines. They were very tasty. I, I got a couple of cavities from them because I didn't share, but that's okay. No but problem. But I like how you spin. I like how you spin, my man, because it, it to me, I like old school. Well, I'm just, I, I'm telling you. I look forward to being on here again. And uh, in the meantime, you, you talk about New Orleans food. What's the last great New Orleans dish that you've had? Oh, gosh. Oh, where was I just re- – oh, I'm going to – I was on magazine because Sally Ann had her, um, her book uh, party. Okay. And we were um, down uh, outside the quarter. And I can't – oh, it was on magazine. It was so good. It was like a, like uh, – uh, Ricky's or Dickies or it was so good. I had, um, in fact, when when I got up from the table and I walked outside, I had to bend over. I was like, "Whoo!" It was like a fork. <laughs> you know? I need a break. <laughs> I need. A break. I was like, I had to put my hands up over my head. Like, I'm all right. I'm all right. All right. But uh, yeah. So I just I just love everything about about New Orleans. In basketball terms, you, you may have needed a uh, a a twenty second timeout. And, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I certainly did need that. Now, You're if we right could take it that. to the hardwood for a second, uh, you, you played at Southeastern. Um, uh, you play basketball. We have the Pelicans who who played the Los Angeles Lakers uh, this evening. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the NBA or the New Orleans Pelicans? If you had a time uh, to check them out, and and just your thoughts on the season. Well, it's fun because uh, my nephew, who's now Sally Ann's son, who now is up here going to call uh, going to school. Actually, he's um, he's going to be a, a rapper or a musician or uh, he's he's just. So very talented. But season ticket holder for the Pelicans and would go to the games and support. And I just really am very appreciative of um, the major sports that are there. Now, speaking of the home team, LSU plays Alabama this weekend. It, it's it's Ooh. a big rivalry. They play in Tuscaloosa. It, any thoughts on that game Ooh. this weekend? I think I'm going to pick Bama. I'm no, on with no, the not at network. all. You think I'm going to pick Bama? <laughs> My mama didn't raise no fool. Hey. LSU, baby. LSU all the way. LSU all the way. Well, we shall all see that way. game tomorrow. And uh, we'll get you out of here on this one. We know you have a lot of things coming up and, and going on for the weekend. But uh, if if you were uh, just – if they said, Robin, listen, we need you to come down on the sideline and, and put on a headset and and, and uh, give Sean Payton some, some, some plays – uh, some guidance in, into what the Saints should do for this game this Sunday. What would you tell Coach or Drew Brees or, or anybody on the Saints defense or Rob Ryan? Um, and uh, you know what, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give out any advice to, to to Sean Payton. I think he's I think he's gonna have a I know he's gonna have a solid game plan. Uh, Rob Ryan's gonna gonna shut down the Cowboys. O and it's gonna be a W. Big O W. We're gonna we're going to be seven and two. And where Next will you talk? Where will you watch the game this Sunday? I will be watching from my humble abode here in New York City. I get a package so I could be able to watch all, all the games. Okay. Because because you know before it would be that if I if they weren't on because being a Saints if they weren't a national game I couldn't see them. I'm like no 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 that's not gonna work. You have a, a, an awesome interview coming up with uh, former Rutgers coach Mike Rice on 2020 this evening. Uh, can you briefly touch on that? 
Yes, uh, you know, he was uh, at Rutgers and was fired about seven months ago. Um, people remember the video. You could hear him. You could see him um, physically and verbally abusing his players at Rutgers. Um, an assistant coach, former NBAer uh, Eric Murdoch, um, released a video uh, to ESPN in April. And uh, Mike Rice, I, I sat down with him last week. His wife, his kids were there. He does not make excuses. He doesn't try and sugarcoat uh, what we saw with our own eyes. Um, he also, what I really appreciate, Rob, is that we're talking about what has happened in those seven months. He went down to uh, Houston to work with John Lucas, who you know has worked with coaches and players who have had different kind of issues, and so working on anger management. Um, but I, I, I think people are going to – I don't know if they're going to change their opinion of him. Some people feel he should never coach again. Um, lessons learned, where he is now, what he's doing, his hopes. But um, just really owning up to the, um, you know, coaches, coaches sometimes they, you know, what we're seeing in Miami uh, with, the, with, the, with the alleged bullying incident, that, that sports is not immune from things that we, we face in society. And uh, I appreciate that Mike Rice did not try, and um, he owned up to it, um, apologizing to his players. And it's going to be interesting, Rob, to see how people uh, receive him, um, receive Mike Rice and what he has to say and, and where he is now and, and how he's looking for redemption. Okay, well, I look forward to that interview. And if it was one person, because I was looking forward to seeing what he would say, and, and he hasn't done any interviews uh, uh, since the firing, and the one person that he would talk to is you. Robin, thank you so much for taking a few minutes of your time to call into the Black and Blue Report, and we may just have to get your post-game analysis Sunday night or Monday morning. You got it. You know where to find me, and i got, I got to get you back on GMA. I, I don't know if you need some Frankie Beverly and Mays, take you back Ooh. to Jazz Fest, uh, some Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh. You know, I Do pulled you out. remember? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I pulled out the Tina Marie when I was there, so I got to make sure that I, that I take it a step above that next time I'm on uh, Good Morning America. Ladies and gentlemen, can't thank you enough for calling again, Robin Roberts. Coming up, Chuck Cooperstein from the Dallas Cowboys will chime in on the Saints-Cowboys matchup. Big weekend for Louisiana sports. We have Bama, LSU, and the Pelicans and Lakers tonight at the New Orleans Arena. And we'll also hear from John DeShazer. Black and Blue Report continues up next. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. 
And we are back with the Black and Blue Report. It's Rob Nice here with you in Studio B. And a very important question was posed to me while we were in commercial. Uh, it's 59 degrees if I look at my phone. But it doesn't feel like that because it looks so good outside uh, weather-wise. And the snowball stands are open. Do you go and get a snowball? I think New Yorkers would jump on that, being that it's 60 degrees in November anywhere. I, th- I think I may go get one before I head to the New Orleans Arena as the Lakers take on the New Orleans Pelicans. If I do take the drive from Airline Drive to uh, partake in a snowball, I-, I may have to get one for Sean Kelly. He recently caught up with Chuck Cooperstein from ESPN Dallas to talk about this weekend's matchup with the Cowboys and Saints. Chuck Cooperstein we've had on before here at the Black and Blue Report. Of course, he covers the NFL on a national stage, calling radio week to week. He's also the voice of the Dallas Mavericks and uh, and a very big part of the 103.3 FM ESPN coverage in Dallas. So he's perfect to help us set the table this weekend for the Saints and the Dallas Cowboys. Prime time and a lot of storylines, Coop. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this one. Help me pull something off the pile to get us started. Well, how about... Big Rob Ryan. Yeah. That's, that's first and foremost, I think, for a lot of people in Dallas who can't understand why he couldn't get anything done in two years here. And he goes to New Orleans, which uh, was pretty much with Sibs the defense last year. In fact, a historic Siv. And uh, he's now made them more than just presentable uh, to the point where the Saints can seriously think about playing in the Super Bowl again. It's interesting. You know, are, are fans split on whether or not they felt that Ron, Rob Ryan was the right fit for the Cowboys? Do they... Do they resent the move? Do they? Uh, how are they viewing it over there? Well, are they resenting that he's doing well in New Orleans? No, I think are they are they saying we had the right guy all along, or are they saying, well, you no, know? No, I, I don't think so because I, I think people looked at Bob Ryan and you know looked at uh, his lack of success wherever he's been. He's never had any real success to speak of: Cleveland, New England, Oakland, uh, the Cowboys. He's never had a top ten defense, uh, so you know. Uh, frankly, people were people were surprised when he was hired in the first place, and then he's running around and trying to you know do all these crazy things, and uh, you know the Cowboys simply weren't good enough to be able to to handle all this stuff. So um, you know it, it was it was a disaster, uh, and you know his cockiness, his arrogance, I, I don't think played very well, especially when his defense wasn't any good. You know, it'd be one thing if he was you know his team was good and, and he was thumping his chest out doing all that stuff, but the fact is his defense was terrible. And he was, you know, he's trying to say that, you know, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It didn't go over very well. Coop, I'm having a hard time reading the Cowboys. Five and four, they're atop of a kind of a shaky division. Um, yet I see them play complimentary football quite a bit. And then again, like last week, they barely survive a Minnesota team that can almost, uh, is almost winless on the season. Sean, it's the reason why they're a game over 500 since 1997. One game over 500. I believe it's now 135 and 134. Um, you know, there's just there's nothing really to get excited about. I, I do think it's it's rather remarkable that they are there, given where they are in the defensive line. I mean, they have, you know, they, they've got you know, to use the NBA parlance, uh, they've got D League people playing for. Them. I mean, seriously, you know, Jason Hatcher is the only player right now that you can look at and say. This guy's a bona fide NFL player, and yet somehow, you know, they're, they're surviving. I mean, you can't say that they're thriving. Uh, you know, they're bending uh, severely, uh, but they're not breaking primarily because they've been able to force a bunch of turnovers. They've already had, you know, more turnovers uh, forced this year than they had the entire year last year when they had only 16. And somehow it's all coming together. You know, Romo was fantastic, obviously, in that Denver game. I mean, it was, uh, it was almost historic. 
But really, since that time, the offense has been very inconsistent. And last week against Minnesota, it was an abject disaster uh, with only nine runs the entire game. Uh, that was just one off of the uh, off of the franchise record that was set in Jimmy Johnson's first game as the Cowboys coach in New Orleans in 1989. And oh, by the way, the Saints won that game 28 to nothing, and the Cowboys had only 190 total yards that day. Uh, it shows, I guess, how much the game has changed since then. But the Jason, Jason Garrett constantly preaches balance, and yet never is able to achieve it, and his actions defy his, his words because he just doesn't believe in the running game. It's interesting. Both teams have had struggles with the running game, yet both teams are uh, in the top ten offensively. Points per game, Cowboys fourth, Saints seventh, both around 28 points a game. Do you expect a shootout on Sunday night? Oh, yeah. It's not going to look any different than the game did last year in uh, in Dallas, which was a phenomenal game you know, that the Saints ultimately won in overtime. It was, it was just a fabulous game. I mean, Drew Brees topped his game. Uh, I, I think that Romo, uh, you know, I still think Romo is an elite quarterback. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but he hasn't played well the last few weeks, that's for sure. But I really don't see you know, why he wouldn't have a big day. His slot receivers have been terrific. You know, we'll see what happens with Dez. He's been out of uh, practice for much of this week because of some back issues. Miles Austin won't play. It really doesn't matter because Terrence Williams, the third-round pick from Baylor, has been fantastic. Um, but I, I expect big plays. Uh, you know, that that's what Sean Payton believes in. And I know it's what Romo believes in, but I really do believe the team that would actually commit themselves to running the football might actually have a better chance to win the game. Interesting stuff. Chuck Cooperstein of ESPN Radio in Dallas and, of course, the Dallas Mavericks and the NFL on Westwood One. Good stuff. I really appreciate it, Chuck. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you very, very soon. And uh, enjoy the football this weekend, too. Thanks a lot, Sean. And when we come back, we'll hear from John DeShazer as we wrap up the weekend edition of the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. The weekend edition of the Black and Blue Report concludes right now. Rob Knight's here in Studio B, and i got to talk to my guy, man. It, it, it wouldn't be right if, if I'm here in the weekend edition and I don't talk to John DeShazer. J.D. is here with us to talk New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. J.D., the big game is this Sunday, and the New Orleans Saints have always been known to step up under the bright lights. I'd like to see the Saints under the lights. I mean, on Sunday Night Football under Sean Payton, they are 6-1, and one, including four straight at home. So you'd like to see them extend that thing against the Cowboys um, uh, Saints have lost two out of the last three, but this season at home they're four and zero. They're winning by an average of thirty-two to, to fifteen. So you know, hopefully they can right the ship right here in, in in the Superdome. 
Okay, and for the game tonight with the Pelicans, of course, they, they had a great showing against Memphis. They were out uh, without Zach Randolph, but but still showed the, the performance that you saw in the first couple games where they come out hot, and, and at the end of the game, they were up by so much that uh, what Memphis did didn't quite matter. But how can they not do this and avoid this against the Lakers this evening? Well, you'd like to see, you know, they're a young team, and they, they, they get out to that initial punch. They've done it three games in a row against Charlotte. They did it against Phoenix. They did it against Memphis. They weren't able to maintain against Phoenix. So hopefully they will learn to play a complete game or at least get closer to playing a complete game. And that's what it's all about. I mean, you got a younger team, and, you know, I hate to keep saying they're a young team, and Coach Monty Williams keeps saying that that's not an excuse. And at some point it can't be an excuse, but these guys have to figure out how to play a complete game. And most of these guys might not be accustomed to that. You know, they weren't playing on the most successful teams in the world, uh, you know, in terms of Tyreek Evans and Drew Holiday. And you expect them to come in and say, okay, everything's going to be all right. Well, in Philly last year and in Sacramento last year, Tyreek and Drew didn't win a lot of games. So, you know, those guys aren't any more accustomed to closing out games than the Pelicans players are. So these guys are still kind of figuring each other out and hopefully – they can get more consistent and be better at executing down the stretch. And that's what it's all about. I mean, it's about getting your offense together and being able to score when you have to and getting stops on defense when you got to have them. Now, looking at lineups, there's been a bunch a bunch of different lineups that Coach Williams has tried to go with, from Brian Roberts leading the offense to Tyreek being out there uh, uh, with, with the second unit and sometimes with a lot of players from the first unit. How long do you think it's going to take for them to have a consistent rotation? Most good teams that you see may have an eight, nine, and sometimes maybe uh, a six or seven strong rotation with maybe one or two guys getting in based upon the matchups. But do you think that this is something that's going to linger on going into the end of the year? Uh, the, is it something that may take a full year with the same roster to, to get situated? Well, this could go into January or February because, remember, Ryan Anderson still has got to come back and be reintroduced to his teammates. So, you know, that's another guy who's going to go into the rotation. Tyreek Evans has to get comfortable with his role, you know, whatever that role is, whether it's coming off the bench as an attacker or an initiator, you know, going to the basket or setting up his teammates. He's got to get accustomed to what he's doing. And then Brian Rodgers with that second unit. So these guys still have to kind of identify their roles, especially with that second unit. The starters, I think, kind of understand what they are. You know, Eric Gordon goes out. He attacks early. Uh, You give it to AD, and now he's a threat from anywhere on the floor. And so these guys understand, and Drew Holiday doing what he does. So the starters pretty much kind of have their roles down. But when you put in the second unit, those guys have to figure out their roles. And then at the end of games, when you when you have Tyreek Evans on the floor with the guys who are generally the starters or Anthony Morrow on the floor with the guys who are generally the starters, they're going to have to find their niche. And, you know, maybe these guys are a little bit deferential to each other right now, again, trying to play polite and be a good teammate and not hog the ball and those kinds of things. And sometimes these guys just have to, you know, get aggressive and do what you do. There's starters, there's reserves, but I'm interested, along with the fans, maybe yourself, in finding out who's going to be the closer. Uh, and hopefully we'll see that uh, with tonight's game and for the rest of the games to come. Now let's shift the focus to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome for this Sunday. Saints and Cowboys, they're not in a division. They're an NFC matchup, but somehow this is a big and classic rivalry. We got personnel that has been on other teams, and now they're with the Saints and and vice versa. I mean, the buildup to this game is going back to the Atlanta game, uh, which was in week one. For this game, what do the Saints need to do to make sure that they contain not only the, the offensive weapons from Tony Romo, but the game plan from the Cowboys? Well, I mean, I think the Saints want to run the ball, and they might be able to run the ball against Dallas. Dallas allows about 114 yards a game on the, on the ground. The Saints have vowed to try to get back to a more balanced attack uh, after last week. You know, 66 plays and 53 of those plays were pass plays. That's not that what they want to be, even though they'll be home and certainly be aggressive. But 
you want to play complementary football. If you run the football, that means Drew Brees doesn't have an, uh, a chance to get hit. That means you can control the clock a little bit more, and you keep it away from Dallas. And Tony Romo's pretty good throwing the football, but the Saints' strength has been one of the defensive strengths has been the secondary. Saints have allowed eight touchdown passes and nine, and they have nine interceptions. That's a great ratio. Tony Romo's got 20 touchdowns and six interceptions, so you know something's got to give there. And plus, he's throwing it to Big Des Bryant. Now, the Saints have Keenan Lewis to hopefully take that away from him, but Des Bryant's a monster, man. So, you know, they're going to have to hold, hopefully, number one, hold on to the football, second, run it pretty well, because we know the Saints are going to throw it well, especially at home. Yeah, is he worth the double team? Yeah, he's worth the double team, but, you know, I, I think you go into the game not saying we're going to double team him out of the box because you want to give Keenan Lewis a chance. That's why Keenan Lewis was brought in to be able to guard guys like this. He wants to shadow guys like this, and he likes that challenge. He went against Julio Jones, and he's gone against other big receivers. That's what he's here for. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, that's what he's here for. That's what he enjoys. So give an opportunity to go out there and man up. How hard is it, uh, or is it easy to to game plan for a quarterback that you coach in the system with Sean Payton? Not only did he coach him as an offense coordinator with Dallas, but he also uh, followed his career going to the same college, and now he's on the opposing sideline. Does that give an advantage from from a head coach of an opposing team that you used to be the guy that 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 mentored this player? Well, not really, because he had him from two old, you know, from 2003 to 05, and Romo's a different guy now. Now, granted, he's not a scrambler, but he moves around well in the pocket. He evades the pass rush. He buys time, and those are the quarterbacks that give everybody trouble. I mean, when Tony Romo's hot, he's as good as anybody in the league now. Fortunately for opponents, you know, he's been a guy who's made some critical mistakes, whether it be a big interception, whether it be a fumble or something along those lines. But the guy can move around, and if he's buying time, and if he's got the ball in his hands for four or five seconds, I don't know who's going to be able to cover Des Bryant, whether it's a single or a double, for four or five seconds. And then he's got tight end Jason Witten coming, you know, taking advantage of your linebackers. And they've got a rookie receiver. I can't remember what his name is, but at one point he had four touchdown receptions in consecutive games. That was a Dallas rookie record. And so if Romo is hot and he's moving around and you can't get him on the ground, that's huge for Dallas because he buys time and he lets his receivers get open. Okay, uh, J.D., we appreciate your, your thoughts on the Pelicans and the Saints. We'll get you out of here with this question. Six and two in the halfway mark for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, lots of things to work on, says Coach Payton, says Drew Brees, says the entire team. If you ask them, uh, what do they need to do and concentrate on the most in order to have not only a repeat of the record that you had for the first eight games, but to finish strong and, and, and go full steam ahead heading into the playoffs? Well, that's a dual answer. You'll hear it, hear it in the locker room. They want to run it, and they want to stop the run better. I mean, they're allowing about 120 yards a game and about almost five yards a carry, and that's not a successful recipe in the NFL. And they want to run the football better. So those are the two areas, really, that really stick out for the Saints. I know there are a lot of people who are concerned about the protection of Drew Brees and Drew Brees getting hits and getting sacks. And certainly, you know, you don't want your quarterback to get hit. But a lot of the times, Drew's getting hit and getting sacked are times where he says, you know, he's holding the ball a little bit longer because of the coverages, and he'd rather eat it than than make a mistake. But certainly the Saints want to run it better, and they want to stop the run better because those two areas, you know, can dictate time of possession. They'll dictate how many times you get a chance to have the football in your hands, and certainly, you know, they just want to clean up those areas, I think, more than anything. 
All right, J.D., thanks for stopping through the Black and Blue Report. The game is this Sunday. Lots of extra time for the fans to, to tailgate and, and enjoy the spirits. And by the time they get inside the dome, it's going to be rocking. If you can't watch it or if you can't watch it in person, be sure to check it out on NBC. J.D., be sure to check out his exclusive pregame interview with head coach Sean Payton. And you can check out the best of the Black and Blue Report tomorrow with my man Diesel, who's going to be live in Studio B. That's going to do it for the Black and Blue Report. Fun-filled weekend with the Pelicans, LSU Tigers, the Bama game, and, of course, the Saints wrap it up with the big rivalry versus the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you guys for tuning in, downloading that podcast, and listening to the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind.